0: Hello, hello. I am Karen Jean-Francois, and this is the Women in Data podcast. Join me every other week to hear data professionals discuss how data is used in various industries, get inspired, get your field of tips to help you overcome challenges on your career, and feel great. Let's get straight into it. I'm joined today by Freya Holland, EMEA, Analytics Manager at Hands. I'm really bad at saying EMEA, aren't I? <laughs> in this episode, um, we will focus on um, career ownership and growing confidence. Freya will share how she went from a graduate to an Analytics Manager. Freya, I have this really funny story about when I was at uni, There was um, a girl from my, uh, I want to say my class, because it was just like eight of us, really. Everywhere she was going, she had a bottle of hand ketchup in her bag and we would go for lunch. Really? Yeah, we would go for lunch and she would just randomly take it out and then start pouring it on her food. (laughs) That was the
1: weirdest thing ever. That's like um we did a Ed Shearing campaign. I'm not sure if you saw that and he he employs someone just to carry Heinz ketchup. And like <laughs> he and then around around Amia we had um we set, like the marketing campaign, set up these glass box, uh, boxes with ketchup in, like Heinz, Heinz Tomato Ketchup saying, in case of Ed Sheeran. <laughs> so he's like obsessed with it. So, yeah, he, so she sounds similar to him. <laughs> well, totally, totally. Um, Rufay, today we're going to talk about career ownership
0: and growing confidence. But before we jump into that, could you tell us a bit about your role and responsibilities at Craft Hands?
1: Yeah. So, uh, so, well, firstly, hi, uh, I'm Freya Holland and I, am yeah, EMEA analytics manager at the Craft Heinz company. So my role really, really covers everything analytics. So from data engineering to data visualization to data science. So I work on a lot of projects across the spectrum. I actually joined um, a year and a half ago and when I joined, it was very much, your role is to set up analytics and, and build up the analytics team. So I had quite a, uh, had quite a mission uh, on my hands and it, kind of a year and a half and a bit later, I, I think we've we've made really, really, really good progress. We've got a really good team now in analytics in, in Amir. So I think over the last year and a half have been on a very, you know, a very big journey, uh, lots of responsibility, but it's been really fun. Um, And a few of the projects I've worked on, I think the main one that I I led last year was, was really driving automation. So it was really migrating and transforming our way of working from Excel and very manual, time consuming, you know, report building and report development to building in Tableau we did training programs uh, we had a we had a partner that we used for tableau training and we kind of gave out badges or for bronze silver and gold and and people worked on on migrating their own projects uh, and we also as i said migrated key key reports to tableau and published these on tableau server so i think it was the, the project was great and it was really about kind of trying to automate these really time consuming laborious tasks so that we would have more time to actually analyze our data and and have more time getting insights that can help craft Heinz. So that was, I think that was actually a really important project and a key step in, in kind of our Kraft Heinz journey towards more being a more data driven company. And what my second project um, was to develop a promotional a return on investment tool so really trying to understand you know how effective our promotions were so we you know craft Heinz invest a lot in EMEA on on trade promotions and and we want to really understand which, which of them promotions are our most effective And we don't want to do it based on, you know, a guess. We want to actually use statistical methods to calculate that return on investment. So two really key projects, big projects for analytics and and really kind of kickstarted our our journey towards being more data driven and and making data based uh, decisions.
0: Yeah, it sounds like um, over a year, a lot of things have happened. Yeah, a lot
1: of things have happened. I
0: was not talking from this, uh, but I saw on your LinkedIn that they're launching new green bottles thats
1: that, is that yes. the you're working on uh I, i'm personally not working on it but i think you know in the uk we have there's lots of innovation going on actually in, in the uk team well, everywhere but in the uk in particular we've had had a couple of things so we've got the kind of full cycle reusable uh tomato ketchup bottles uh, and another thing to mention I know we spoke about this before, was the direct-to-consumer offering that that Kraft Heinz launched. UK is the first market to launch this. Uh, And obviously it's not our traditional means. You know, we go by retailer. So direct-to-consumer is new for Kraft Heinz, very innovative. Uh, and actually was born out of out of the COVID-19 lockdown so yeah the team did a really good job and my team is now helping with the uh, analytics for that and and again building the insight and the dashboard to again start using that data to make better decisions for, for, for that direct to consumer offering.
0: All right I think I will call my friend from uni and tell her she can (laughs) Dying <laughs> she
1: can even. order her own bundle from from behind the home, to home website. <laughs> Freya, you started your career about five years ago. Um, did you feel like you knew what you were getting into? No, not at all. Like I don't think anyone does, really. Like, did you? I I did not
0: at all. So <laughs> I, I think for me, uh, getting into data was completely random.
1: Right. I, I had absolutely no clue what I was getting myself into if I'm honest. I think no one knows like the step from uni and so I did uh, like undergrad and then I did a master's and and I think so I'd already I, I guess like when you're at uni like you're you know all your options are open and you kind of narrow it slightly by choosing a degree I then went on to a master's so I kind of narrowed it even more and I think every how I look at it is like every step you take you're kind of like moving a bit more and more towards or how I see it is a bit more and more towards like your true passion and purpose so I think you know for me I did like a maths and statistics I I actually did Morse uh, which is maths operational research stats and economics and then I did an operational research or you know like an analytics master's so I, I kind of knew I really liked that field and that was what I wanted to go into but I would never have known you know the, the roles and the stuff I've worked on I would never have known I was going to do that like if I if I went back five years to my master's so um, yeah I, I think I've always had a passion for data and for analytics and I think each kind of step I take or each project I go on I'm like I'm, I'm kind of learning what I like and what I want to move more into in, in towards and what my like true passion is. Yeah
0: how, how did it feel to start
1: working for you? oh scary (laughs) (laughs) so uh, I joined a like analytics grad scheme at um one of the big four so like a multinational um like huge company I was one of a a thousand or or more graduates like it was that you know there was loads of us and I think you know the saying is you're a small fish in a big pond and, and that absolutely was the case and I found it really challenging like I found it really difficult um I think I, I definitely learned a lot, but I think the actual work environment, it was very competitive. You kind of had to, you know, you had to really kind of push yourself to get put on projects. Um, you know, you're constantly compared and graded against lots and lots of people. And, um, it's hard. It's really hard. And I think like together with, with projects I was on, I just felt like it just didn't fit me honestly and, and what I had it and I think or what I wanted and I think the effect it had I, I started to lose confidence I wasn't particularly happy we you know we had to travel a lot as well and some people love that like it absolutely suits them but for me I just knew actually it, it just didn't suit me and I just didn't I just didn't enjoy it at the beginning and, and I found it really hard I found it really challenging yeah
0: I didn't think I would like traveling either sounds like uh, no. just putting some extra hours going here and there and then meeting your home after yeah yeah so what happened next did this have an impact on your mental well-being
1: uh what did you do about yeah, it definitely, yeah definitely definitely like I think I I was in hotels kind of Monday to Friday I, I've always known I've really you know really enjoy like retail and FMCG and I wasn't necessarily in that field or working in that field and I just I just felt unhappy you know traveling not doing what I knew I was I was good at and wanted to do and I think it does you you kind of lose confidence with that competitiveness as well and it I I think looking back it did affect my kind of mental well-being so I I met a lovely um, recruiter (laughs) who then went on to to found uh, women in data started speaking to people and I reached out and I started to look at what my options. And I think, I think I've learned if you're not happy, it sounds horrible, but no one's going to do anything other than you, like you need to change yourself and you need to change the situation. So, so that's what I did. And I started looking at areas and options that were more suited to what I wanted to do and what I was interested in. And that's where with Rachel, we found the, the next company and I, and I moved on and worked at Ubiquity. You said something really interesting here, that is if you're
0: not happy, well, it's just you who can change the situation. So mm. no one else is going to change it for you. And I I think it's really powerful to actually realize that even as you said, it's pretty awful and horrible, but it is the truth. But you know, when you said, okay, so you looked for something that fitted you more, did you have to go through a process to understand, okay, what would be, what you
1: like to do or is it something that you knew already going back to kind of like a bit of a spectrum of you know all of your options I think I knew having been at that one of the big four at the beginning I it almost like crossed off options that I knew I didn't want to do so I was like right I've I've done that it isn't for me let's try something else and let's try something that I haven't done and then again I can cross off options if that's not for me I think you know, at, like even at Kraft Heinz, like we're, Kraft Heinz is very big on ownership. And I think actually looking back, kind of my reflection and also looking forward is you have to own your career. I can't say that enough. I think if you're, if you're not happy and, or you know where you want to get to, as one of my friends has said before like if not you then who like who no one else is going to do that for you like you really need to take control and own your career and if you know something isn't working for you then then you need to change it and I think similarly if something is working for you then you need to You need to take control and say, right, how can I further progress in that field? Is it more training or, you know, is there a a promotion or a role that I want to go for that gets me deeper into that field? It it works both ways. But I think at the crux of it, it is owning your career and knowing and having the confidence, which is also quite hard to do, that having the confidence to do something about it and and make that change. When you moved to Ebiquity then what happened? Oh ubiquity I loved. Ubiquity taught me I, I think, you know, I came from the big four and I I've said it before to you and, and Rachel, like I was I was probably a bit broken. And I think Ubiquity almost like built put me back together and, and get gave me like my confidence back. And I I, I love it. It was so very social. I think one of the biggest things for me was the social side. So I made lots of friends. It was really fun really social uh the culture the culture was great and the work was great as well i've got experience of like pure like core analytics and working on um, a retail client for me it was like the best of both worlds and over the time i was there i really built up like my confidence and i i kind of got that buzz again of of like oh this is what i want to do and this is what i really want to want to follow and go into i think what I guess kind of over time, what I started to notice was I I want to just go further and I want to be stretched more and I want to be pushed and, and really to take on kind of big opportunities and, and almost be like dropped in the deep end a bit And I felt like where I was, I probably wasn't getting that, you know, push and, and stretch. So it was really, it was actually a really difficult decision, but I did decide to to move on. And I think one of the biggest, like one of the hardest parts, was was kind of lose, you know, kind of leaving that social, comfortable culture that I I'm, I'd made so many friends. And I think, yeah, it was it was difficult, but it was it was the right thing to do. And I'm 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 glad I made that decision now. Yeah, so
0: that, that's you making two big decisions. So one decision yeah. from, from going to feel, not feeling great, so not feeling happy, and then being in a place where you're actually happy because you have friends, you feel comfortable, the culture fits you. Um, yeah. I, I think also it's really important to to work in a place where the culture works for you. Which of the two decisions do you think was
1: the hardest to make? uh leaving Ubiquity because I think my first role it was I I was unhappy I I was like I I can't do this I want I I need to move on that it was a no-brainer Ubiquity it was I can stay here and be comfortable and have a like just have you know have a really good work-life balance have a really good kind of social and, and nice cultural um experience or do I actually pushed myself and and really take on something that is a huge challenge and that was the hardest decision I I think to leave somewhere you're happy and comfortable but I'm just quite driven and I just wanted to to be pushed it was a big jump
0: it does. It was a leap of faith
1: (laughs) (laughs) well and if leap of faith put you where you are now (laughs) I think it's hard because it's a risk it like for me it was like well you know like if you're gonna buy a car you can go and test drive it you can't do that with work so you are you're taking a very big risk and you don't know if where you're going to is going to be worse or better or if it's going to suit you if you're going to like culture and I think it was I I don't know yeah looking back I'm like well gosh that was a huge risk but sometimes you just have to take them risks and see and yeah I'm, I'm glad I did and and it paid off I think I always think stuff is meant to happen and meant to be, and I think I was obviously meant to just—it came up at the right time that this role, and I was, I was meant to take that leap of faith.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to see it. Being brave enough and then taking opportunities at the right time—that
1: yeah, that's
0: exactly. Great. So we spoke a lot about owning your career, and you spoke as well about having the confidence to make decisions and um, mm-hmm. take steps and leaps in your career. Do you have any
1: tips to to grow confidence? Growing confidence is hard. I I think like you can probably read a book and can hear tips, but it is. It, it, I actually generally think it's really hard. Like I don't know if you if you find that as well, but it's difficult. And I think there are things you can do, but I, I think it takes time. And I think little things you can do here and there can help, j- just help kind of build it. But a bit like what I said about being at ubiquity, like over time things change, and I and I grew it again. And I think the biggest thing to know is. It probably won't happen overnight. It just takes time. And there's little adjustments you can make to help build your confidence up. So I think in terms of these little tips, like one of the biggest things I did that isn't even to do with work, it, you know, as in my personal life, it was to come off social media. Every time I went on social media, I never came off it feeling positive ever. I think I always came off feeling like, oh, I'm not skinny enough. Like I haven't, haven't I'm not traveling enough. Like I haven't got this perfect life. Why am I tormenting myself with this? Like let's just let's get rid of it and come off it and just focus on my life and and not have that kind of negative influence. So yeah, that that was one of the biggest things that I've probably done. And I did it at the start of the year, and I, I haven't really looked back to be honest. And I'm really glad that I made that that I came off. I think one of the other things, and this actually came up at the Women in Data Conference last year, I, I remember was, I remember one of your, your speakers was saying about you You almost need like a, you need like a, a board of directors for you personally. And that has stuck with me like ever since. And I think it is that you need like a board of mentors and people in your life that are really positive and that genuinely care and aren't there you know to be jealous or to kind of influence you because they they don't want you to take a decision i think you need like really positive people in your life who, who generally care and i think that is this board of directors so i've i've kept contact with people like especially at a bit pretty, like very positive women who made a really big impact in my to my career there uh, I've, I've kept them on this board and I'm and, and I really make sure I surround myself with these people um, and also it can be friends as well right so if someone in your life is not helping you and not helping you grow or being positive then I think well then they're not worth it as, as horrible as that sounds so I think there's surrounding yourself with positive people and people that generally want to see you succeed and grow things that give you negative like vibes like I I just say take them out of your life like it's not if it's not adding to you then then you don't need it like why why have that yeah and I think as well confidence at work for me as well like if I don't know something like go and go and look it up or go and try and read around the area and then if you're in a meeting and that topic comes up you just feel a bit more confident that you know what you know what they're talking about so I've done that a few times expect like for example craft times we're migrating to the cloud I'm I'm completely new to that technology so I'm trying to read more about it and understand it so that when it comes up in meetings I'm not clueless I hope that answers the question and I hope that helps but I think there's like little little things you can do in your in your kind of day-to-day life that can just over time help help build up your your confidence and and help it grow back
0: Yeah, I think with the the cloud example, especially when you work in analytics, where we are experts. So if you're not an expert in something, you're definitely going to feel bad about the fact that, oh, you don't know enough to be able to take part in this conversation. But I, I guess with your tip of just, reading a bit about it so you have some clue even if you don't know it all yeah at least you can understand what's going on that that's a really good one I like it um, getting off of social media is a really funny one uh, <laughs> I, I do make a point of not being on social media and when I started the podcast my sister was telling me, Karen, if you want people to listen to the podcast, you have to be able to be on social media, show things, (laughs) etc. And then she goes, yes, but you can't put the podcast on social media. You have to put photos of yourself. And I'm like, I haven't done that in forever. I don't want to do it. And exactly for the same reason as you, because it feels like if you go, there are so many negative thoughts that are going to to go with it. So now I'm at this stage where I'm like, what do I do? Do I do Instagram? (laughs) We will see. Who knows? And back to your point on uh, surrounding yourself with the right crowd. I do have a really strong example of that with myself, where I was at a point where I was feeling really low. So I had absolutely no confidence left. And I met Victoria Pike from MenCap. And there is actually a podcast episode with her, if you want to listen to it. She told me, Karen, you spend too much time focusing on your weaknesses. You should focus on your strengths. And I think that's something that was so powerful that from one day to the next, I I just changed completely the way I was seeing myself, my work, because it was very much me being, oh, I'm not good enough on this, 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 and just just completely forgetting what I was good at and that changed a lot uh, with my confidence that's I'm lovely. actually doing a women in
1: data podcast now I would have never done that before <laughs> oh that's lovely advice I think sometimes to just look at our weaknesses I don't I don't I don't know why like generally I I, I feel the same and I think what you're naturally good at tends to be your strength. so I think that's right if you focus on that and you move in that direction then you're naturally going to have more confidence because yeah. it's it, it's your strength and it's your area and it's what you're good at so yeah and we tend to underestimate
0: it as well so yeah if you start focusing the more you focus on it the more you see it and uh, so i'm yeah. not saying oh, uh, don't improve your weaknesses or your <laughs> weaker yes. points
1: but don't put all your focus there i think it's own own them right so like own your strengths. like i know i'm super good at organized, so i think well i'm gonna do uh, you know try and help at work where organization is is very helpful like let's just own it I am completely OCD so let's just let's use it to my advantage and try and help this you know, a particular project and where can I, where can my organisation skills come in handy sort of thing. So I think it's, all, yeah, it's, it's using them and then like just actually owning it and, and going off and using that strength. So it, t- it takes practice as well. And it, it takes time. But no, I, I like that advice as well. I agree. Yeah. Thank you so much,
0: Freya, for coming here and sharing your story of owning your career. Oh, thank you. It was great. It was really nice. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Women in Data podcast. If you don't want to miss the next episode, make sure you follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or on LinkedIn. You can also register to the community for free by heading to womenindata.co.uk. We would love to hear from you, so don't be shy and drop us some feedback or a review. This will help us enhance the content and bring the guests that you want to hear from. Have a great day.